everybody. Welcome back in to a brand new episode of Dimming the Gaslight. And for the first time ever, let me say, potentially, welcome into my necks, because you might actually be listening for the first time. Before I get into it, um, I want to thank Brittany, my lawyer, Brittany Parisi from Parisi Law Firm in New Jersey for last week's episode. Um, such a great reaction to it. So many fun jokes. Uh, you know, my absolute favorite part of the entire episode was when uh, we were talking about how my next, like, goes to the best of my knowledge. She didn't present any evidence of the things that she was alleging. And Brittany's like, were you there for your own testimony? And, like, just the, the way these narcissists talk in circle is just absolutely bizarre. Um, but, yeah, it's it, it was a really great episode. And it was I got a lot of great feedback from that. And then... You know, uh, this upcoming week is my next court date. So I, it's kind of a blessing that my two court dates are only two weeks apart. Um, but I will say I've had a weird week. And the reason I say that is because I think I got really amped up about a week ago for that court date. And because they're both so close together, I haven't really come down from that. And uh I'm still very amped up and I'm just excited for the next court date because if it was anything like the last one, we're going to make a lot of really good progress and uh, yeah, she needs to get ready. So um, I was contemplating kicking around doing an interview this week, but something huge <laughs> happened this week and uh, you guys should know about it. So um. I had another court date this week, but not for the sake of false advertising. It was not about the DV case. Um, Brittany informed me that we had what's called a case management conference for the marital case, not the DV case. So I have two different judges. I have one for the um, marital case and I have one for the DV case. Um, the DV case is ongoing, but we had a case management conference this week. And essentially, it's to discuss, you know, the the bullet points, the high-level stuff of the divorce. Um, those things include the house, the car, custody, you know, future plans with the kids, things like that. Um, now, the interesting thing is, I mean, you can go back and listen to them. So I was, before I did this episode, I went back and I looked at, like, the history of my episodes. Episode 31 and 32, uh, I did talk about mediation that I had. I mean, this is like halfway ago through the history of the podcast. I talked about mediation and we actually came to a settlement in mediation. If you remember, um, I have a pretty much dilapidated house that I own that I spent my life savings on. Um, and I also have a car that when I went through mediation, I was just basically told I'm not going to get any, any, any equity out of the house. So I just gave up on it. And I just said, I don't care anymore. I just want out of this. It, it, if I gave up on it, it basically meant that I was like within 30 days to finalizing my divorce and being officially divorced. Um, I didn't know that my next was going to file these, you know, further false restraining orders on me. Um, but I was just willing to give up financially when it came to this. Also, the other reason was I wasn't represented by Brittany at the time. I was represented by a different lawyer and I couldn't afford to pay them anymore. So they just wanted out. So they were rushing me to give up. And I was like, well, they're going to give up on me. So I better finalize this. You know, I better have legal representation to finalize my divorce. 
um, they dumped me. I dumped them basically. And we just gave up on each other because couldn't pay him anymore. Um, but with the marital case, so the thing is on the top of what's called an MOU, which is a memorandum of understanding, it says in big, bold letters, this is not a binding contract and it can't be enforced. However, my next is trying to enforce the MOU. It's really just a formality. It's not something that's enforceable, um, but she wants to enforce it. I don't want to enforce the MOU because the reason for that is because it entails that I need to owe her an extra $2,300 a month. Um, and what that includes is 55% of uh, the home that I haven't lived in in over a year and a half. And it also includes my daughter's full daycare. And I can't afford to pay that either. Um, I've, I've said many times I'm hemorrhaging, hemorrhaging money. And, you know, this might be a good time to drop. You know, I do have a GoFundMe page. I would appreciate if anybody could donate to that. I'm just in really dire straits. Um, but I'm kind of backtracking now on the MOU. I don't want to sign it. I don't want to enforce it. I want to fight. I want to fight for what's rightfully mine. And Brittany is in my corner. And... I'm ready to do it. Um, so that's one thing. Uh, so we had this case management conference for the marital portion. And before we got on, you know, Brittany and I were breaking down on my finances. I filled out what's called in New Jersey a case information statement, which breaks down. This is the third time I've done it, and it's so overwhelming and stressful. But it breaks down all your bills per month, um, what you spend on everything and what you budget. And like... I'm spending like $1,500 more than what I make. It's just crazy. Um, so we did all that and then, okay, so here's the cool part, right? So um, it was on Zoom. It wasn't in court for this case management conference. It was on Zoom. <laughs> so uh, I do all of these interviews on the podcast on Zoom. So when I log into Zoom, it says dimming the gaslight. Knowing I was going into court, I logged out of my dimming the gaslight Zoom and I logged into my personal one. Then I logged out of my personal one and then I logged back into my personal one just to ensure that when I got into court, it wouldn't show up dimming the gaslight, right? So Brittany sends me a link to log on to Zoom and I log on, hit the, hit the link and I'm waiting to get into the room. And it says, you know, the host will let you in when it's time. They let me in. And you know that button on Zoom that says, like, join audio? Well, I didn't press it. But it pops up on the screen while I'm in court, dimming the gaslight. And my phone is next to me. And my phone goes, uh, uh, uh. And it's just three texts from Brittany over and over saying, log off, log off, log off. So I log off and I, the blood just completely rushed from my face. I logged into court as dimming the gaslight. Okay. <laughs> so Brittany texts me and all the blood's rushing from my face. And I'm in like this immediate nervousness. Right. And Brittany calls me and okay. So I wasn't there. I wasn't obviously in the court. I had logged off, but according to Brittany, what she said is that um, the judge saw it. She saw it. Brittany, you know, the judge saw it. Brittany saw it. My neck saw it. And her lawyer saw it. And uh, 
apparently my next and her lawyer kind of like snickered or like kind of had this like weird smile. And the judge told Brittany, please advise your client that is not a proper way to log into court. Well, duh. Like, <laughs> I didn't mean to, but it just happened. <laughs> so I log into court with dimming the gaslight. And Brittany, Brittany, according to her, she told the judge, you know, your honor, I'm going to put myself on mute and I'm going to call my client. Right. She calls me and she uses the word livid. She said the judge is livid. And I don't know if the judge was livid, but she said the judge advised that that's an inappropriate way to log into court. And I go, Brittany, it wasn't intentional. I actually texted Brittany before I got on. I was like, I'm having this like fear that I'm going to log it as dimming the gaslight, even though I said I logged into my personal or I'm sorry, I logged out of dimming the gaslight, logged into my personal one and logged out of my personal one and then back into my personal one. And it still went in as dimming the gaslight. I was so freaked out anyway. So I get it right. I log back in. It's on my personal name. And the judge didn't say anything to me. She said nothing about it, which Brittany told me on the phone. She's like, she might say something to you. Just say, I don't know what happened. It's an alternate screen name. I don't know. You know, I, I didn't know what I was going to say. Uh, but uh, yeah, <laughs> so um, my next saw it and uh, Brittany says that they snickered. And so that's why my next is aware of the name dimming the gaslight so uh the marital court proceeded and uh you know we just talked a little bit about um you know this this case management conference but really a lot hinges on the dv case the the marital case can't really go on without finalizing the details of the dv case so it was a very short-lived conversation um, but they asked, you know, what are the major points? And we said, you know, the house, the car, the custody, that sort of thing. And, uh, so my nexus lawyer chimes in and like kind of gives a background because they're the plaintiff. And she said, you know, this is this, this is that. And here's the history of the case to the judge and everything. We haven't met with this judge in over a year. And, uh, so, um, my nexus lawyer, you know, said that they want to enforce the MOU and Brittany pipes in and she's like, listen, it says, in bold uppercase letters, this is not an enforceable document. And I couldn't believe my nexus lawyer. She goes, well, that's your red herring, isn't it? Like a red herring is meant to like throw somebody off or like, you know, basically it's just crazy. It's like they want to say that that's a red herring. It's amazing. Like, OK, well, then everything else in the thing's a red herring, too. Then it's not, you know, like it's just crazy. They're they're grasping at straws. They truly are. And they're continuously threatening to file a motion um, regarding finances because according to that MOU, I do owe her an extra $2,300 a month for 55% of a mortgage of a house that I haven't lived in in over a year and a half, uh, coming up on two years, and um, 100% of my daughter's daycare. Um, at the time of this recording, I have about $300 in my bank account. So they can file whatever they want. I'm really not afraid of it because where do they think I'm going to get the money from? I don't have it. I don't have it. And I have a case information state statement waiting. I don't have it. So uh, you can't get blood from a stone. I can't do it. So I don't know what to tell you. Uh, there would have been money left over if all these false allegations weren't filed. But this is the state we live in. Um. So, uh, yeah. 
that basically is how it went. And the judge said, well, we'll schedule another conference for a month out from now. Um, but it's really pending the rest of the DB trial. So um, at the time this recording comes out on Sunday, um, oh, happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. If you're listening to this on Sunday, happy Father's Day to the good fathers out there. There's a lot of bad fathers out there. There's a lot of deadbeat dads for sure. Um, but happy Father's Day to the real ones. And uh, so my next date for the DV trial will be this coming Wednesday. Um, and hopefully it's heard. Hopefully it's a continuation of, uh, you know, the cross-examine. And uh, some really good juicy details are going to come out. So I'm excited about it. Um, so, yeah, but going back to the uh, elephant in the room, if that's what you want to call it. Yeah, they they saw the name dimming the gaslight. Now, I don't know. Here's the thing, right? Uh, knowing my next, I would think she would completely blow her lid. I think she would blow her top. Um, surprised we haven't gotten a letter yet or anything that we know about this and blah, blah, blah. Um, so it was funny. You know, I was thinking I should address this. And here's kind of an open letter to my necks. Here's what I want you to know if you're listening to this. I will keep your name a secret. I will keep the children's name a secret. I will never speak your name. But what you won't do is you will not abuse me and expect me to stay silent. You thought you ended me. You thought you killed me. And if you found this, you almost did kill me. I spent 42 days with zero communication with my kids. I had to go through supervised visits. I had to have supervised phone calls with my kids. Then I had 59 days where I couldn't talk to them. I had to have, I got an hour in a hundred, or I got five hours in a hundred days to see my kids. What you did was abuse. You abused me within the relationship. You have relentlessly abused me out of the relationship. And still, I will protect your name. But I will not protect what you did to me. And I bet you thought I was going to roll over and die, but I didn't. So if you found this, yes, I created this. I created this platform. I unapologetically created this platform. And quite frankly, I'm very proud of it. I'm very proud of the fact that what you did did not kill me. I'm going to keep going on. I'm going to keep healing. I'm going to keep getting better. And you will keep being a narcissist. I figured you out. And soon your veil is going to fall. I promise you. This is not slander. That's another thing I want to add to this. This is not slander. This is not libel. I have not said anything on this podcast that is not true. Um, it, but it's all based on it's all based on a true story. The names of this podcast have been changed. The the names of this podcast have been changed. The locations of these podcasts have been changed. Everything is true on this podcast, except for the shit that I made up. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so at the end of the day, I'm proud of this and uh, I'm not going away and uh, I'm going to fight for what's right. 
And what's right is my freedom of speech, my freedom of press. And this is a project that I put my heart and soul into. So I will keep your name a secret. I will keep the children's name a secret. I won't tell them your name, but I will tell them what you did. And we both know what you did. So, like I said, this is an exception is not an exceptionally long episode. Um, just a little thing that I had to get off my chest. Um, and the next time we're here, the next time you guys sign into this podcast, uh, I hope I have more movement to talk about when it comes to the abuse of my necks. So uh, thanks for listening, and until next time, everybody.